0: Compared to one year ago today, gas prices uh, have doubled. It is now twice as expensive to fill up your gas tank as it was on this day in 2021. This is, of course, Biden's tenure in office. This coincides exactly with the Biden administration and the policies um, regarding energy, regarding climate change, regarding oil, regarding the spending. Biden's entire administration, this is the result of the Biden administration's policies. Listen to this number. On the day that Joe Biden took office, the average gas price across the country was $2.39 a gallon. Fast forward to today, one year later, one year and several months later, if you want to be precise, the average gas price is over $4, $4.44. That's that's on average throughout the whole country. If you go to California specifically, the average gas price in the state of California is $6.34. Who can afford that? Who can afford to commute back and forth to work when it costs $100 to fill up your gas tank once a week just to drive your kids back and forth from school to go to work to try to bring in a paycheck that you're spending all on these on these gas prices the question that we should be asking is do americans feel good about the state of the economy do they feel good about the inflation that they're facing and and the price hikes, the the shortages of food that we might be facing, do they feel good about the direction of the nation, especially regarding the impact that gas prices like this have on their own families, on our kitchen tables? This is kitchen table economics. Let's dig into the latest poll to answer this question because the Biden administration is spinning a narrative that is absolutely false. I'm Liz Wheeler, this is The Liz Wheeler Show. Okay, two things that are really important to me online are safety and privacy. That's why I like Incogni. Thousands of companies are collecting, aggregating, and trading your personal data without you knowing anything about it. Super creepy, right? Well, the good news is you have the right to request data brokers to delete what information they have about you and therefore protect your privacy. The bad news is, is it would take you years to do this manually. The best news is Incogni can do the messy work for you automatically. Incogni helps protect your privacy and take your personal data off the market by reaching out to data brokers on your behalf, requesting your personal data removal, and dealing with their objections. Most often, these data brokers hold your name, your email address, your home address, your phone number, how invasive, the names of your relatives even, your social security number, your employment history, your shopping habits. You need Incogni. I love it, and I know you will too. The first 100 people to use my URL, it's incogni.com slash Liz and use my promo code, Liz Wheeler, get 20% off of Incogni. Protect your privacy today. Go to incogni.com slash Liz and use code Liz Wheeler to take your personal data off the market. It's spelled I-N-C-O-G-N-I dot com slash Liz Wheeler, incogni.com slash Liz Wheeler. Today's video is sponsored by Incogni. Okay, so Joe Biden, President of the United States, the one, the buck stops here with this guy, he claims that Americans are feeling good about the economy. When I read this, I laughed because I thought, well, this just shows us exactly how out of touch he is. That he has, he has no concept of what you and I are going through trying to live our lives and provide for our families as everyday Americans. He's so insulated by politics. He's so insulated in Washington, D.C. with his, his, his rich friends and his political cronies that he just has absolutely no concept of what's going on. And that's true of all politicians. The difference between someone like Biden and conservatives is that conservatives, even if they are, even if they are rich and privileged politicians, they make an effort to listen to their constituents, to say, what are you facing? What problems are, are, are plaguing you? And let me, let me try to help you fix those. Democrats just don't care. Democrats just want you to vote for them so that they can use the power of the office, which is you, the power of you putting them in office, to to pursue a political agenda that gains money and power for said politician. That's what Joe Biden is doing. So the answer to the question, do Americans feel good about our economy? Do do they approve of the direction of the nation that Biden is taking us? And the answer to that is no. A recent Gallup poll asked this question very bluntly in a non-political way. They did not ask about Biden. They did not ask about Trump. They did not ask about Democrat or Republican Party. They just said, do you feel that the economy is headed in the right direction? Two out of 10 respondents to this poll said, yes, the economy is in is in good or great shape. Two out of 10. That means that the vast majority of people who were polled, the vast majority of Americans, think that our economy is either in fair shape, just okay, or in poor shape. So where is Biden getting this, this line that Americans feel good about the economy. Well, he's making this up because he also thinks we're stupid and he thinks that if he tells us how to think, then we'll just go along and think with that and, and think like that. But here's the thing. There's a lot that's happening right now. There's there's the war that parents are fighting against school boards and against teachers' unions, against critical race theory, woke ideology in their kids' classrooms, or transgender ideology, bombarding kids from drag queen story hour to pornographic books in the library to woke corporations virtue signaling like like Burger King with with their whopper for Pride Month that has two tops and two bottoms on the buns instead of a regular top and a bottom, and that's supposed to be inclusive of gay people or something. People care about that stuff and they should care about that stuff. But when it comes to the ballot box, when it comes to what motivates us when we walk into the polling place in November to cast our ballots for Congress, who's going to be in charge, Republicans or Democrats, we we have to remember That people, especially people who are not ideological, meaning that that independent vote, those centrists, the people that voted for Obama, and then they voted for Trump, and maybe then they voted for Biden. They don't necessarily vote along party patterns. These people care more about the price of gasoline than they do about gun control. They care more about food shortages than they do about climate change. They care more about how the policies by any politician of any party impact their day-to-day life than they do about than they do about the January 6th committee or the Black Lives Matter movement or even critical race theory and the transgender ideology. As important as it is to fight those social, those battles over social issues, it is people care the most about, well, kitchen table economics. What is going to impact their bottom line? Are they going to have to adjust their behavior on a day-to-day basis? So the gas prices are extraordinarily high. The the prices are exorbitant. This is of course uh, a self-inflicted wound in the sense that Biden inflicted it on us. So maybe that's not a good analogy because we didn't inflict it on ourselves except for the fact that we inflicted Biden on ourselves by, by voting for him. We meaning the, uh, the general public, not me specifically. So I wanna talk first today about inflation and where this came from what the Biden administration is blaming it on and what they could do to fix this. And then I want to talk about gas prices specifically and about where this crisis came from, why the prices are so high, why what Biden is telling you about the prices is a lie and what we actually could do to fix it because the Biden administration is essentially claiming there isn't anything that they can do to fix it. That is not true. So Joe Biden claims that there are two leading causes of inflation. This is a direct quote from his speech. He said a speech that he gave last week. He said, "There are are two leading causes of inflation that we are seeing today. The first cause of inflation is a once in a century pandemic. Not only did it shut down our global economy, it threw the supply chain and demand completely out of whack, especially in countries where more effective recovery responses weren't available, especially in these those sectors that rely on semiconductors. He goes, these supply challenges have been further hampered by the onset of Delta and Omicron viruses, and you've all seen it and you've all felt it. So let's pause there for a second and address this. So he's blaming COVID-19, the virus, uh, for the supply chain issue and, and blaming the supply chain issue for inflation. Now, th- this, is, this is wrong for two reasons. First of all, a virus did not do this. Government responses to the virus did hamper our very fragile, our brittle supply chain. Um, that is true, but that's, that's different than the virus. The political ramifications of political policies or the real world consequences of political policies is very different than the, the destruction that, that can happen based on a natural disaster, whether it's an earthquake, whether it's a hurricane, whether it's a tornado, or whether it's a virus. So two very different things. When a government shuts down an economy, when they shut down manufacturing, when they force people to social distance, when they, when they close down businesses, that's the government's response, not a virus's response. So yes, there was, there, there was COVID policy from governments around the world that played into this, certainly, in our country and in China. But that's not from the virus. That's from the government's response. Um, and the second part of this is, our, why do we even have a brittle supply chain? Why is our supply chain so fragile that something like this, a government policy, can completely wreck it to the point that we're facing over, over 8% inflation? And the answer to that is reliance on, on, on foreign countries. In the, the answer to that is the manufacturing that's been outsourced to China, the fact that we buy so many goods and services from China that, that we rely on them. We rely on them and and what makes a us a supply chain, at least in economic theory brittle is the fact that you don't you don't have that manufacturing capacity in your own country and you don't order ahead of time. You only order um, on demand. So you order on demand the goods and services that you think that you will, that you will use or sell if you are if you are a business in the next month or two months or three months, just a little bit of time out uh, ahead of time, a little bit of anticipation. But you don't you don't have a uh, a store of resources or a store of goods and services. Um, so that if you have increased demand, you have the supply to meet that. That's, that's what a brittle supply chain is. And it's extra brittle when you put orders in and it's to China and it takes time to come from China. Then you're dependent not only on our economy, not only on our free market supply and demand, you're, you're dependent on the other country supplying you to meet your demand. And when you factor in the fact that the Chinese are a communist country, they, they have authoritarian dictatorships that run by the Chinese communist party, of course, um, you're relying on on communists in order to have an operational free market economy in the United States. So that is not the COVID-19 virus causing this problem. This is over-reliance on foreign powers and government policies that have disrupted our supply chain. That's the first thing. Biden then goes on to say, and this year we have a second cause, a second cause, Mr. Putin's war in Ukraine. He's blaming, he's blaming inflation on Russia. He's blaming inflation on Putin and, This was interesting. When I first read this, I thought, okay, is this true? Because Russia does export a lot of oil. We know that and Ukraine exports a lot of wheat, especially to Africa. You know, this is, when you have a global conflict, it does does disrupt global economies. Um, So I looked into this. I dug into some numbers to see, okay, is any of our inflation, even if it's not all of it, is any of our inflation as a, a result of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And the answer to that is, I don't think so. There, there's an organization called the Organization of Economic Cooperation and Development. It is a group of 37 functioning democracies around our globe who uh, pool all their data regarding their economy so that they can see when a trend happens in a certain area, is that trend happening just isolated to that country in that particular economy or that region in the world, or is this a global trend? And what the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development found, is that the U.S. inflation, at least at this time when they, when, when they did this study, was at 5%. That's That was at 5% here in the United States, but the rest of the nations that were part of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD, inflation was at 2%. So my question would be, if our inflation, as Biden claims, is caused by Putin, then why wouldn't this be a global phenomenon? Why would it only be impacting the United States or impacting the United States at more than twice the rate that every other democracy in in the, in the um, Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development are experiencing? Well, it doesn't make any sense, and it doesn't make any sense because it's not caused. Inflation is not caused by Vladimir Putin. It's not caused by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. That's simply what Biden is blaming so that we don't blame him. Um, His press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, actually tried to blame President Trump too. She blamed, she blamed COVID and she pointed the finger at the Trump administration without explaining exactly how that could be the case. How could the Trump administration, who made us energy independent, how could the Trump administration who put America first and incentivize companies to, to manufacture and produce and distribute their goods here in our country first, how could that, and cut taxes by the way, to incentivize people, consumers to spend money and businesses to invest, how could that policy, Schmorgisborg, have caused inflation? The answer to that is it could not. Of course, um, the Biden administration is pretending that COVID is Trump's fault, even though that's clearly not the case. COVID is not Trump's fault. COVID is the fault of the Chinese, and then you know the fault of perhaps those who funded the gain of function research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. But we've talked about we've talked about that. The problem, of course, is that is that Biden has spent money like it's water, and when you spend money to the point that he has, when you don't have any. Any money to actually to actually fund the spending or what you're spending that causes that devalues our currency when you just when you just print money to fund your projects instead of seeing if you have the the appropriation to to fund these projects then that printing causes an inflation because it, it devalues our currency and when you devalue our currency obviously the prices go up. Um, and I mean, Biden is still to this day pushing his Build Back Better plan. That's a five trillion dollar plan, and if if it were passed into law, it would add three trillion dollars to the national debt. Th- this is this is why this is why we have inflation because of Biden's policies. Um, he he bragged this past week about wages increasing over five percent in the last year. But and he again, I said this before. He thinks we're stupid because. Um, wages increased 5% in the last year. Okay. But inflation increased by 8%. So wages are lagging inflation by 3%. It's actually like we all got a, a paycheck decreased by 3% over the past year. Yet Biden is telling us, this is great. The economy is good. You like this. Well, we know how it feels. We know how it's impacting us. We feel like we're getting less money in our paychecks and we feel like, not just feel, we know it's a reality that it's costing us twice as much money to fill up our gas tank when we, when we go to the gas station to fill up our car. So this is the fault of the left. It is Biden's fault. It's not arbitrary. It's not because of COVID, the virus. It's not because of Vladimir Putin. It's not because of Russia invading Ukraine. No, it's because of Joe Biden. The New York Times published a piece talking about how there's there's really, they're acting like the propaganda arm for Biden and saying that there's really nothing Biden can do because it's not, it's not his fault. And I want to read a little bit of this article because it's full of, of outright, outright falsehoods. Now, I like ExpressVPN because it keeps my family and my information safe online. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like checking your baggage at the airport without a lock. You think your stuff is kept private, but you really never know who's going to be pawing through your personal items in your suitcase. Likewise, when you go online without a VPN, internet service providers can can creep on you. They can see every single website that you visit, and then they can legally sell that information, your information, without your consent to ad companies and tech giants who then use your data to target you. When you use ExpressVPN, Internet service providers cannot see your online activity. Your identity is anonymized by a secure VPN server. Your data is also encrypted for maximum protection, and it's easy to use. You just fire up the app and click one button, and voila. It works on all your devices, phones, laptops, even routers, so everyone who shares your Wi-Fi can be protected. I like ExpressVPN because it keeps my family and our personal information safe when we're online. Secure your online activity today by visiting expressvpn.com Liz. That's E-X-P-R-E-S as vpn.com slash Liz. And you, if you use my URL, you will get an extra three months free expressvpn.com slash Liz. So the New York times has a piece out called Biden has only bad options for bringing down oil prices. And this is what they write. This is written by Clifford Krause, the New York times. He writes, When President Biden meets Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman in Saudi Arabia, he will be following in the footsteps of presidents like Jimmy Carter, who flew to Tehran in 1977 to exchange toasts with the Shah of Iran on New Year's Eve. Like the prince, the Shah was an unelected monarch with a tarnished human rights record, but Mr. Carter was obliged to celebrate with him for a cause that was of great concern to people back home, cheap gasoline and secure oil supplies. As Mr. Carter and other presidents learned, Mr. Biden has precious few tools to bring down costs at the pump, especially when Russia, one of the world's largest energy producers, has started an unprovoked war against a smaller neighbor. This is the first. This is the first fallacy. There is much that Joe Biden can do to bring down gas prices. This this narrative that you'll see here in this New York Times piece. This is one of the thesis of the piece. This is simply not correct. It's not correct because what the New York Times doesn't want to entertain is all of the options. What are all of the options? What are the actions that Joe Biden could take in order to bring down the price of gasoline for you and for me at the pump? They, they don't wanna entertain all those options. And so what they do is they eliminate the options that would work and they look at these various options that wouldn't really be effective and then they make their claim, oh, there's not really much we could do or these different, these different options we have aren't effective. Well, sure, the options that you that you're considering aren't effective, but you're not even considering the options that are effective. So let's keep reading. Um, During the 2020 campaign, Mr. Biden pledged to, to turn Saudi Arabia into a pariah for the assassination of a prominent dissident, Jamal Khashoggi. But officials said last week that he, Biden, plans to visit the kingdom this summer. It's just the latest sign that oil has again regained its centrality in geopolitics. Just a few years ago, the Times writes, many lawmakers in Washington and oil and gas executives in Texas were patting themselves on the back for an energy boom that had turned the United States into a net exporter of oil and petroleum products and made it more energy independent. With prices rising, that achievement now looks, uh, now looks illusory. Okay, so what's really funny here is it just says many lawmakers in Washington. So why, but they, they don't mention President Trump by name here. They don't mention the person who who caused the United States to be energy independent um, because they, they can't give President Trump any credit, even where credit is due here. But make no mistake, it was President Trump's deliberate political actions that led to the US being energy independent because that was the purpose of his policies. And Biden, in his first months in office, reversed that. So this wasn't just arbitrary lawmakers in Washington or arbitrary oil and gas executives. This was the Trump administration that did that. The United States, the Times writes, is the world's biggest oil and natural gas producer, but it accounts for only about 12% of the global petroleum supply. The price of oil, the principal cost in gasoline, can still shoot up or tumble depending on events halfway around the world, and no president, no matter how powerful or competent, can do much to control it. Again, that's false, and we'll get to why in just a minute. The Times says those facts are cold comfort to Americans who are finding that a stop at the gas station can easily cost $100, much more than just a year earlier. When fuel prices rise, consumers demand action and can turn against presidents who seem unwilling or unable to bring them back down. Yes, we should. If a president is unwilling to do what it takes to bring down gasoline prices after the cost of gasoline on average has doubled in the past year, yeah, we should hold that president accountable at the ballot box. Even the New York Times understands this, and they don't understand a whole lot about reality. They write, Always looking ahead to the next election when their jobs or their parties hold on power is at stake, presidents can find it impossible not to try to cajole or plead with foreign or domestic oil producers to drill and pump more oil faster. A president has to try, said Bill Richardson, an energy secretary in the Clinton administration. Unfortunately, there are only bad options, and any alternative options are probably worse than asking the Saudis to increase production. Two other oil-producing countries that could increase production, Iran and Venezuela, are US adversaries that Western Western sanctions have largely cut out of the global market. Striking any deal with their leaders without securing major concessions on issues like nuclear enrichment and democratic reforms would be politically perilous for Mr. Biden. Isn't it pathetic that we've gotten to the point that as the nation, as the world's superpower, we are forced to resort to begging other nations and hostile foreign nations like Saudi Arabia and Venezuela and Iran for oil, because we have politically decided through the election of Democrats that we are not going to take care of ourselves. We are not going to use, utilize the resources that we have. We're not going to drill. We're not going to, we're not going to build pipelines. We are instead going to kowtow to the climate change agenda. Again, I don't want to get ahead of myself. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, We'll get to that in a little bit here. They go on to say some Republican lawmakers and oil executives have argued that Mr. Biden could do more to increase domestic oil and gas production by opening up more federal lands and waters to oil drilling in places like Alaska and the Gulf of Mexico. He could also ease regulations on pipeline construction so Canadian producers could send more oil south. But even those initiatives, which the Times says environmentalists and many Democrats oppose because they would retard efforts to combat climate change, would have little immediate impact because it takes months for new oil wells to start producing and pipelines can take years to build. So the other part of this is there's there's this effort right now by the left to demonize oil companies as if oil and gas companies simply don't. They, they have leases. They say, we don't need, we don't need Biden to approve new leases. These oil and gas companies have leases. They just aren't taking advantage of them. They're not building. They're not investing. They're not producing. And the answer to that is yes, that's true. And there's a reason for that. The reason for that is there has to be stability in the market for any business in any industry to feel comfortable making a fiscal investment. If you are going to invest a significant amount of money, then you need to have have a, a structure of stability so that you know that the rules that you used to calculate your business decision, whether it's in the interest of your company, in the interest of your profit, in the interest of your shareholders, is going to come to fruition if you play by the rules that are set versus what's happening now where these oil and gas companies say, okay, well, I have these federal leases, but it would cost me millions, if not billions of dollars of investment to to take advantage of them. And how do I know that Joe Biden's not going to fulfill what he threatened on the campaign trail, which is to completely illegalize what I just invested in? So why would they? Why would they take advantage of these leases if they're unsure of the stability of the structure that would allow them to take action after they've already fronted the cash to do so, it would be an absolutely unreasonable thing to ask of them. To ask of any business, this is true by the way of the stock market. This is this is why that the stock market always 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 plummets after a natural disaster because the stability of the situation has changed. People people can't count on. Um, The supply and the demand and the consumers and the rules and the regulations and the government and the people. There's, there's, there's upheaval in the market and markets require stability for people to have confidence in the market enough to make an investment, especially a humongous financial investment like what would be required in order to take, to utilize these federal leases. And this is something that's not talked about often when it comes to, when it comes to utilizing or taking advantage of the natural resources here in the United States. There needs to be some long term stability in this market not this flip-flopping between democrat administration and republican administration where the rules of the game change so significantly that a business if if one of these oil companies decided to start taking advantage of a lease under under trump and then all of a sudden, they were just they were choked out of it by the Biden administration. And maybe the next administration is a Republican one, and he says, "Go ahead and and start up again." That's never going to work. There has to be long-term stability in these rules and regulations in order for this ever to be an effective way of addressing this problem. But again, this is up to the Democrats. This is a deliberate political choice of Joe Biden, understanding how markets work, understanding what it means to take the significant of an investment. He, he has to provide the stability. Otherwise, his political action is directly responsible for the gas prices being so high because the supply is low and the demand remains the same. The Times goes on to say, The Times goes on to say, Mr. Biden and his aides have been jawboning U.S. oil executives to pump more oil with little success. This is exactly what I told you, the narrative most oil companies are reluctant to expand production because they fear that drilling more now will lead to a glut that will send prices tumbling. They remember when oil prices fell below zero at the start of the pandemic. Big companies like ExxonMobil, Chevron, BP, and Shell have largely stuck to the investment budgets they set last year before Russia invaded Ukraine. That paragraph is exactly what I just debunked, exactly what I'm talking about. This is nonsense. It has nothing to do with Russia, nothing to do with Ukraine, and everything to do, their reluctance has everything to do with an unstable situation because they don't know if Joe Biden is going to allow them to watch their investment be fruitful or if he's going to cut them off if he's going to cut their jugular after they've already dumped this enormous amount of their shareholders money into this investment. So the moral of this story, the moral of this story is it's not Putin's fault. It's not the fault of the COVID-19 virus. It is Joe Biden's fault. It's not something arbitrary that's just happening to us. It's something that because of how Joe Biden is acting politically, because of his choices, this that this is this is what we're suffering. And it starts with a dependency on foreign oil. The reason that the Russian invasion of Ukraine has has exposed all of this is because we depend on Russian oil. This should never have been the case. We should never be depending on 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 oil from adversaries. I mean, it's embarrassing that Joe Biden is going to Saudi Arabia to beg Saudi Arabia, who, by the way, is is a strategic ally, not a moral ally. There's a huge distinction between being an ally with a country because we need that country on our side, at least at least somewhat on our side in order to um, defend against a more hostile nation in this case, Iran, versus a moral ally like the United Kingdom or like Israel, where our our systems and our values and our governments and our understanding of basic human rights is the same. Those are moral allies. And Saudi Arabia is not a moral ally. Saudi Arabia is a a huge violator of human rights. Um, They're not even close to a moral ally here. And the fact that Joe Biden has to go and beg the Saudi crown prince for oil for the United States is abysmal. I mean, this is the Biden administration though. This is, this is the Biden administration that, that the American people should understand that we actually, in the United States, have resorted to accepting humanitarian aid, baby formula sent in on an emergency basis um, because the Biden administration has so hamstrung the market here that the, that the monopoly created by the federal government for for the production and distribution of baby formula is so corrupt, it's so corrupt, It's so controlled by the baby formula lobbyists who who are in bed with the politicians who regulate the baby formula um, market, who don't let new businesses enter the market, but they allow businesses once they're in not to really meet the safety standards. This, This absolute corruption led to humanitarian aid to the United States and now to Biden begging our adversaries for oil. Neither of those two things was ever necessary. We have the capacity to produce the amount of baby formula that we need if corruption did not play into it. We have the reserves of oil in our country to produce oil for ourselves and not rely on foreign nations, friendly or adversaries. But this is the Biden administration. Through their deliberate political decisions, this is the situation that we are in. Remember, Joe Biden shut down the pipelines. He shut down the pipelines on purpose. He bragged about this. What happens when you shut down the pipelines? That restricts the supply of oil into the United States. So where are we going to get that oil that we need for our energy then? Well, if we're not drilling it ourselves and we're not building a pipeline to allow Canada, who is a close friend, to supply that to us, we're going to have to turn to adversaries. Joe Biden is not stupid. He's a radical leftist. He surrounds himself by Marxists. He's out of touch. He doesn't care about what you and I are suffering, but he's not stupid. He knows the consequences of shutting down a pipeline. The consequences are reliance on for on foreign oil. Now I like Moinkbox because they are helping keep the US independent from China. 60% of US pork production comes from one company owned by the Chinese. And their hogs are giving something, given it something called ractopamine which is banned in 160 countries, including China, by the way, yet you find it in your grocery aisle every day. There is a better way. I'd like to tell you about Moink. Moink delivers grass-fed and grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken, and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon straight to your door. Moink farmers farm like our grandparents did. And as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better. You choose the meat delivered in every box, like ribeyes, chicken breasts, pork chops, salmon fillets, and much more. Plus, you can cancel anytime if you want. I love Moink because they are committed to our country. I know you will like it too. And my husband can attest to the fact that Moink meat tastes good. Keep American farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com Liz right now. And if you use my URL, you will get free filet mignon in every order for a year. That is one year of the best filet mignon that you will ever taste, but it is for a limited time. It's spelled M-O-I-N-K box.com Liz. That's moinkbox.com Liz. So when you shut down a pipeline and then you refuse to drill for oil and you actually end the federal leases in, in the Gulf of Mexico and Alaska and, and when, the, when the situation, the governmental situation is so unstable that oil companies refuse to invest because they don't trust the government not to shut them down tomorrow, this is what happens. This is, this is, you can't just take those actions and think, oh, you know what? I'm going to take these actions and they won't have any real world consequences, but they'll just, they'll just help us be more energy, more, more, more energy, um, more green energy, embrace green energy better. That's not what happens. That's not, that's not real life. Real life is we rely on these structures. We rely on these structures to supply our people, ourselves, our families, with the energy, the gasoline or the energy for our homes needed to sustain our life, needed to sustain our economy, needed to keep us safe and alive. And Joe Biden is is, is sticking a croquet mallet in the wheels of that bicycle. He's overturning it on purpose. When, When you do this, of course, there's going to be very bad, very destructive, Ramifications. It's not just the expense here. The expense is awful and it's hurting a lot of us. But it's worse than that because he's destroying the system on which we rely in our country for, for energy. And energy, without energy, our entire economy would fail. This is, and Biden doesn't care. They don't care because they say this is all in service to the climate change agenda. Well, the way that they define climate change has been debunked. And even putting the science aside for a second, their governmental policies that they advocate uh, for to address climate change would not actually solve the premise of what they say climate change is. Their governmental policies that they push on us in the name of climate change are just the great reset. They just want to use climate change to transform our country, to control us, to destroy capitalism as we know it. This, this is why the gas prices are a really big deal every time we go to the gas tank, but it's also a really big deal for the direction of our country because this is a deliberate assault on the way that, the way that our economy works, the fact that we rely on fossil fuels. And this is not an inference that I'm making, looking, analyzing what's going on. Joe Biden himself has admitted that this is part of it. This is part of the the high gas prices, the inflation. What you are facing right now is part of what he calls an incredible transformation of our economy. And when it comes to the gas prices, uh, we're going through an incredible transition that is taking place that, God willing, when it's over, we'll be stronger and the world will be stronger and less reliant on fossil fuels when this is over. An incredible transition, he said. Again, this is someone who's out of touch. He has no idea what you and I go through. He doesn't care enough to put people in his administration that listen to the constituents. He is willing to inflict pain on us in order to pursue or achieve his political agenda, which is more control. He has taken deliberate political actions, whether that's stopping pipelines, whether it's ending federal leases, whether it's refusing to renew them any, or, or issue any new federal leases, whether it's it's the reliance on Russian oil, all of these different things make what's happening happen to us. It's not arbitrary. It's happening on purpose. Last week at the World Economic Forum, they said that this kind of pain that we're feeling at the, at the gas pump is worth it given what they think will happen following incredibly high gas prices. We need to accept that there will be some pain in the process. Uh, the pace that we need will uh, will open up for missteps. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will open up for uh, shortages on energy. It will create inflationary pressures, and maybe we need to start talking about that. That that pain is actually worth it because if we don't, uh, there's no business yeah. case, okay. there's no economy, there's there's no welfare. But but so far, I think we are have been a little bit careful actually talking about the pain in the short term that is likely to come from, from, the, from this it's very changes. important yeah. change. Yeah. Well she said we shouldn't be afraid to talk about this. It seems like Biden listened to her because right after that he admitted that this incredible transition is in is in process. So he's he's deliberately inflicting high gas prices on us in order to try to transition us to to green vehicles, to green energy, to eliminate fossil fuels. It's not Vladimir Putin's fault. It's not because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. It's not because of COVID-19. The the inflation in general is happening because Biden is devaluing our currency by spending money that we don't have. Deliberately spending money that we don't have. When you do that, it causes the dollar not to be worth as much, which causes people, the business, the markets, to increase their prices to meet this inflationary pressure. The gas prices do not have to be this way. Biden, the New York Times is wrong when they say Biden doesn't have any options of what to do. He certainly does have options of what to do. He can issue new federal leases. He can reinstitute the pipeline. He can make the U.S. energy independent. He can ensure oil and gas companies of stability in the market. There absolutely are things that Biden can do. He can repudiate the climate change agenda, the radical environmentalism that's behind this this agenda. He can condemn the globalists. He can distance himself from the Great Reset and the World Economic Forum and socialism. He can talk about how important it is that we use fossil fuels how important fossil fuels are in our life how medicines and textiles and foods are all dependent on fossil fuels we wouldn't have fertilizer we wouldn't have antibiotics we wouldn't have we wouldn't have clothing if it weren't for fossil fuels if you destroy fossil fuels you're destroying our nation and the world as we know it joe biden seems to be aware of this this is what people care about sure they care about social issues as we should they're very important to care about but this is what people hinge their votes on. 80% of the American people think that the economy is just fair or in poor condition. They don't like the direction that Joe Biden is taking our country. Remember that. Remember that when you go into the polling booth. Remember that when you cast your ballot. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican, a conservative or a liberal. Vote for the politician that is actually going to serve your interest, not the politician who is actively hurting you. Join me on Locals. We are going to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse's latest announcement as it pertains to the mainstream media. Very interesting development here. LizWheelershow.com slash Locals. If you use my promo code, it's ACCESS. You will get one month free on your annual subscription. That is LizWheelershow.com slash Locals. Promo code ACCESS. Join us over there. We're going to talk about Kyle Rittenhouse. It's a very interesting topic of discussion. Thank you for watching today. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. The Liz Wheeler Show is produced by Jonathan Hay, executive producer Chad Abbott, director of photography Kevin McRoberts, editor Alejandro Figuerilla, sound mixer Robin Fenderson, director of marketing Emily Washler, production and talent coordinator Matt Toffler, and senior publicist Patricia Jackson. This has been a Soundfront production.